There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to the Squiggly Careers podcast. Today's episode is part of our Ask the Expert series and we're going to be diving into the topic of leadership. But if this is your first time listening, let me just take a few seconds to tell you what this podcast is all about. So it's a weekly show. We now have over 230 episodes and we started the podcast just to help people with careers today, the ups and downs and ins and outs of everything squiggly. We hope that it is a podcast that you can come back to that feels really practical, that has lots of ideas and support for you so that you can take what you listen and do something with it. So often you'll hear from myself and Sarah talking about topics and our experiences and sometimes we bring in experts like we have today. Today you're going to hear Sarah and me talk to Rene Cariol, a world-renowned leadership expert. And together we explore the skills that contribute to effective leadership, how we can all demonstrate leadership in our day jobs regardless of our level or our role, and also how you can get started with intentional leadership if it feels like something that you want to focus on and ultimately be known for in your career. And this series of the Ask the Expert is supported by the Uncertainty Experts, an immersive learning experience which is scientifically proven for you to reduce the fear of the unknown. And you can sign up to join the next series of this unique programme in November, where you'll learn how to tackle the negative impacts of uncertainty, reduce your anxiety, increase your empathy, and also improve your ability to make decisions and solve problems. We have a discount for anybody who wants to join the programme and all the details are in the show notes. Or if you can't find the show notes, we do get messages from people going, where are the show notes? Just email us if it's easier. It's just Helen and Sarah at squigglycareers.com and then we can get back to you with all the details. At the end of the episode, you'll also hear from one of the uncertainty experts, John Peters, who is an ex-fighter pilot turned author and leadership coach, a very good example of squiggly, on the importance of reflection and why leaders need to create mental space in order to succeed. So let's get started with me and Sarah talking to Rene about leadership. Hello, Rene, and welcome to the podcast. Hi, Helen. It's my pleasure to be here. So we thought we'd start with potentially quite a big question that I feel like could dominate (laughs) this entire conversation, but really interested to get your thoughts on it, which is in the context of leadership, which is our focus today, do you think or believe that leaders are born like the natural leader, they're always going to be a leader, or do you think they are made and developed through the experiences they have in their careers? 
So it's a great question. It's a question I'm asked more than any other. <laughs> and to give it the context, there was a time when everyone believed leaders were born. It's some sort of magical gift that you have that up you come out from the soil and everyone follows you from day one. Let me just reassure everyone that is complete <laughs> nonsense. Leaders are not born. The next thing people think, well, can I make a leader? Can they be made? Well, again, they can be developed, but not made. And I don't believe leaders are born. I don't believe leaders are made. I believe leaders are found. There's a leader in every single person who will listen to this podcast. There's a leader inside of you. Every one of us can be a leader if we choose to be. No one can make you a leader. It's your choice. It's not a set of skills. It's not a bit of training. Training doesn't make leaders. Training makes managers. What makes a leader is something inside of me that makes me believe in myself, and I'm prepared to be courageous and be bold and stand up front and be the leader. And every single organization business has tons of leaders, but they don't notice them. And the big clue is look for those who can influence and persuade, especially those without authority. They're your leaders. And I'll give you a real worked example that makes it very clear to everyone. You decide you're going to have a pizza night. Everyone's going out for a pizza. You say to Sarah, Sarah, can you go around and gather everyone up? Tomorrow night we're going out for a pizza. There's something about Sarah that she influences no one. When you go for the pizza, there's just the two of you. But you go to Helen the next week and hundreds of people turn up. Why? Helen's been able to influence and persuade people. She reads people. She understands what language to use. She understands what tone to use. She understands when to ask them. She understands when to cajole, when to coax, when to instruct, when to be forceful, when to nudge. She's got this whole bunch of emotional intelligence that she brings into play. Follow those people who are able to get loads who turn up for the pizza, do because they're your leaders. And in today's businesses, we need as many of them as we can get because we're forever trying to change and transform things. They're your change agents. They're the ones that encourage people to try doing things different. And remember, leadership is not management. There's only one way to do management. Leadership is something completely different. One size fits no one. It's be the best version of you that you can be. And is that how you would define it? So I think we've touched on a few things and I'm conscious that people listening to it, in one way it's liberating because it's like, oh, leadership in this context is liberating it's the ability to influence and to persuade and to bring people to a pizza or bring people to a project might be the the more work thing but in some ways it's harder because it is so many things there that you've mentioned it's so individual it's so personal is there a simple definition that we can get to of what leadership is so i would say the simple definition is how you energize your people towards your vision so you've got to start with you've got to have a dream a vision a plan where you want to take people not a strategy not a detailed plan on all the different things you can do. It's just, we're going to take that castle. We're going to cross the road. Now, how do you energize the workforce to feel great about doing it? That's leadership. And in today's context, whereas before it was initiate the plans, solve the problems, that's management. I think today it boils down to create an environment where others can flourish. Rene, I'm interested in over the past 18 months, if leadership was already changing in the way that you've described it, from it being less about your position on an organisational chart and more about your ability to bring people together in pursuit of the progress that you're trying to make, 
And, you know, you work with people all over the world, lots of different organisations, lots of different individual leaders across the world. How do you think the last 18 months has impacted leadership? Do you think it has accelerated some of the trends that you were already seeing? Are some skills or some capabilities now appreciated even more than they were? Is there anything that worries you as well about what you've seen over the past 18 months? Let's work it backwards. What we're hearing today is there are a bunch of leaders who would really want their people back in their place of work. There's another bunch of leaders who are consulting. Where would you really like to work from? In my little straw poll that is not statistically significant, every chief executive male that I'm coaching has instructed their people on when they're coming back to the office. Every woman that I'm coaching has gone through a consultation period. What would you like to do? To me, that starts to bring alive where new age leadership is. The days of instructing, being directive, Command control are long gone. Long, long gone. That's just 30 years ago. Today, you're not the expert. You're not even the subject matter expert. You're not the person that knows best about everything. You're not the cleverest man in the room. We want the person that people will follow. The person that can enable people to do the things they never thought they could do. And sometimes the things they never wanted to do. And it's the person who you trust, who you believe in who's in a creative environment that you want to belong to, that you want to be part of. And most of the work of the leader is not being clever. It's not initiating strategy. It's not solving problems. It's working really hard to create an environment that people want to really be part of and give even more for. Location, irrelevant. They don't need to be sitting in front of me for me to be the person that's going to excite them, look after them, look out for them be there for them. Mm, And I also wonder about, and I know you write about this a lot because I've been reading it this week, about the sense of belonging that you feel when you're in those organisations that are asking you about how you feel, where you do have honest leaders who are very prepared to have the confidence to say, I don't have all of the answers. Because I do think that's one of the Potential mistakes I sometimes see with perhaps newer leaders, people may be leading in some capacity for the first time, or the pressure that sometimes I think people put on themselves. Oh, now I'm in maybe a certain position, or because I'm trying to make some change happen. I feel like I should be able to create everything, do everything, almost like come up with everything. And actually, the best leaders that I've worked for, one of the things that they all have in common is they've all been really prepared to say to me, I'm not sure, Sarah, like, what do you think? Well, I feel a bit stuck and we are all human. And I think the kindness and care and the humanity that you now see from leaders, of course, they're the people we want to spend time with. They're the people where we all feel like we can belong regardless of where we come from and who we are as individuals. The advice is fess up. No one's perfect. And how many cabinet ministers have we seen who in the reshuffle just recently have lost their position because they couldn't say, I just didn't see it coming. And the truth is, you know, the leader takes their team into the darkest jungle. They're four days cutting through the undergrowth. They're running low on water and there's mosquitoes, sets of flies. It's just horrible. After four days, the leader climbs up the tallest tree, looks around and says, guys, I'm really sorry. Wrong jungle. (laughs) We actually value the fact that the leader was brave enough to say, I've got it wrong. They'll trust you even more. Getting things wrong and owning up to it is not a sign of weakness, it's a sign of strength. And what we see and what I'm coaching into all of my leaders is 
the more vulnerable you are, the more you demonstrate that you're human, the more that you fess up to your mistakes, the more your people will try harder without fear because they know you're as human as they are. And the only thing we add is the only mistake is the one you don't learn from. And so, Renee, we talked about earlier when we were kind of defining and understanding what leadership can be, that there's a leader inside all of us. But if someone is listening to this and they think, I feel like I've got a leader inside of me and I want to let that leader loose and to become a more senior or more impactful or a bigger leader, what would you say that you think they should start doing? It's a great question. So, Alice, in my last book, Spike, I was trying to lead the strength-based revolution. And what that means is that every single one of us is brilliant at something. No one is brilliant at everything. Let's find the two or three things we're outstanding at. And let's build our leadership code around those two or three things, which are near Olympian standard already, but they're not applied learning. It's not geography, maths, history, chemistry. It's I'm a good communicator. I'm really patient. I follow things through. I do the big picture. I'm a little cautious. I check things out two or three times to ensure that we don't fail. Now, whatever your spike, we call them a spike, when you've found your spike, build your leadership code the way you're going to do it around your strengths. I don't think you should try to be, I want to be bigger. I want to be more impact. Forget that. Every style works. There's room on this continuum for every different personality. The biggest cause of failure, I'm going to be Barack Obama. I'm going to give the most tremendous speeches you have ever seen. And it doesn't quite come off. Let's find your own style that works for you. The biggest cause of failure is when I think I need to be this. We're at our very best being ourselves. The advice I would give you, be the very best version of yourself. We are now getting used to, especially through the pandemic, that there are many different sorts of leaders. I would say that what we're seeing at the moment is those leaders who are working best today are those who understand emotional intelligence best. And this is the bit I think is the practical piece. When I talk about management, I mean plans, tasks, strategies, KPIs, balanced scorecard, all the things that are tangible and can be measured. And if you don't do them, you go out of business tomorrow. We call that the hard way. One size fits everyone, and it's IQ. You can learn all the bits to do with management. We teach that. But you know one of the frustrations of life? The IQ you're born with, you can't change. By the time you get to 60, 70, it's moved a tiny, wincy bit. The bit that I'm talking about, leadership, is vision, people, teams, culture. Vision, people, teams, culture. The EQ, the emotional quotient. We call it the software. The bigger difference. The great news about EQ, you can be as clumsy about it this month, and then within a year, you can be one of the world's best. You can learn how to be emotionally intelligent. And what I worked with Daniel Goldman back in the day, who wrote the seminal book, yeah. Emotional Intelligence. I was pushing him on an interview, I was pushing and pushing him to describe emotional intelligence, describe emotion. And eventually he said, super interpersonal skills. Think about it for a moment. We can improve that. I'm just going to get better at connecting with people. I'm going to get better at my engagement with people. I'm going to go out of my way to ensure that I leave a positive impression on every person that I meet. That's emotional intelligence. And everyone wants to get better. Another story. 
So Ross McEwen was the chief executive of Royal Bank of Scotland. I did a session with him where he was changing the top team, the Royal Bank of Scotland. They were all invited to come down to London to IBM's head office, and it was no badges, no names, just meet at nine o'clock for coffee. This is a new top 100. Him and I were in there from six o'clock preparing the day. We were going to introduce them into his brand of leadership, what the vision was, what they needed to do. They started to come into the room and Ross stood at the door. When everyone came in, they didn't have a badge, they didn't have a name card. Ross knew their first name. Hello, David, how are you? He had a unique sentence for everyone who came in. David, you ran the retail business in Glasgow brilliantly. David came in. Next was Janet. He knew Janet's first name. He had a unique sentence for her. Guess what that atmosphere was like? I had never seen anything like it. That's emotional intelligence. And do you see that in the organisations that you work with? I'm always so interested in mentoring. So people talk to us a lot about mentoring. You know, do I need to ask for a mentor? Organisations sometimes talk to us about, well, do I need formal mentoring or do we just let it happen more informally? Is it just almost everyone's accountability? So is it very organic or do we need to put structures around it? I'd just be interested in any insights you have around where you've seen it work. I suppose if we look at the most progressive organizations, they would have a mentor. Mentors available who help you be the best version of you that you can possibly be. They know you, they care about you, they invest in you, they listen to you, they advise you, they counsel you, and they may even confront you. Then there's coaches, and the coach is trying to make you the best you can be for the organization or the position you're in at the moment. Then you've got the advocates who are going to talk about you when you're not around. They're going to talk you up at every opportunity they can. Then you've got the sponsors. And the sponsor does one thing only, get you promoted. Now, you might have one or two or three or four of those. What you shouldn't have is none of those. And if you want to get started, the easiest way to get started is to find yourself a mentor. And what I would do, and the advice I would give, is to go and find someone really senior. Aim as high as you really can and look for someone who behaves in a way that you would like to replicate. They do something in a way that you just wish you could do that. The way they talk to people, the way they communicate, the way they lead, the way they think, whatever it is. And then have the courage to go and ask them to spend an hour with you a month. Now, it starts to get a bit slippery and a bit difficult. Use flattery. It works every single time. You put the hour in the diary. You put the agenda together. You take all the work away from them. Remember, the only reason that a mentor and a mentee keep meeting is both parties are getting something out of it. So you've got to be really open. You've got to be curious about them, and they're curious about you. And today, one of the most powerful things we see is the reverse mentoring. I'm mentoring someone from a different generation. I'm mentoring someone from a different race. I'm mentoring someone from a different gender. I'm mentoring someone from a different faith. Whilst I'm giving them a bit of seniority, they enable me to walk in their shoes to see a completely different way of life. We both gain out of it. Again, let me repeat, the one thing you can't do is nothing. Mentor, coach, advocate, or sponsor. If you're like me, don't just get one of each of them, get many of each of them. Really do accelerate your career trajectory. We would love to ask for one more tiny bit of help just before you go, which is your best piece of career advice. I know you must have so much that you could share with us all, but is there one bit that you think is particularly pertinent to help people right now who'll be listening to this episode? So you're right. I've had loads and loads of career advice. The simple one is the one that, we've spoken about 
And it all started, it was, it was a moment of never believing in myself. And when I left university, I started working at Marks and Spencer. And every single day I'd come to reception, leave my personality at reception and go into my place of work. And I was really good at being whoever my manager needed me to be, I was. And I was that chameleon, but I never bought the authentic me. I never thought that would be valued. And I had imposter syndrome alive and kicking inside of me. Then one day, one of my managers just pulled me up and said, um, it's time for you to be true to yourself. You need to just be comfortable being you. It's our problem if you're not comfortable. I thought about it for a long time. And one day I came in, I just decided to be me. And that was the first day I became a leader. I just was so good at being me. I was a natural. I realized I'd come in every day trying to be someone else and being really clumsy at it, not getting it quite right, using words I didn't quite understand, behaving in a way that didn't make me feel great. And the more I invested in being me, the more promotions I got. That's the best thing you could ever do, just be the best version of you that you could ever possibly be. And believe you me, when it starts working for you, it starts working for everyone else as well. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Thanks so much for listening to this episode today. We wanted to share a short clip of John Peters, who's one of the uncertainty experts, talking about why leaders also need to be able to press pause and reflect on their experiences in order to move forward and increase their impact. And if you do want to join the uncertainty experts in November for that unique learning experience, all the details are in the show notes. And you can also sign up there for our weekly pod mail, which just makes sure that you get all of our squiggly tools and resources that we share for free each week. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. Hello, I'm Catherine Templer-Lewis and I'm the lead scientist on the Uncertainty Experts. John Peters was an officer in the RAF who was captured and tortured in the Gulf War, but like all the Uncertainty Experts, used the strategies he learned to survive in the shadows to become a leading light. John worked through his trauma by writing and became a best-selling author. He has now evolved the skills trained into him as a fighter pilot to become a world-renowned leadership coach. Here's John on the importance of reflection. 
in an uncertain world, we need leaders to adapt, accept failures, but learn from them and move forward. And that's really the main thing I learned from the Gulf. My suggestion in dealing with uncertainty is most people say, what have you done? Rather, I would say, what have you learned? The depth of learning is this idea of reflection. Um, we need, if you want, real, original thinking, innovative thinking. We need to create space to enable that. And leaders are, if you look at their diaries, they are just packed, back to pack, even worse with Zoom. Whereas actually you need space to just be, but to enable that deeper level of exploration because we need fundamentally new solutions, um, but we're fixed in old habits. Now, what John is describing is what we call in the science world metacognition. Metacognition is put simply thinking about one's thinking. By consciously reflecting on your own thinking, you can recognise patterns, giving you the ability to adopt a growth mindset in the face of problem solving. Now, research has shown us that it's also a vital skill in leadership. It gives us self-awareness and emotional intelligence that can help leaders improve their interpersonal skills rapidly. It helps you recognise and overcome your own implicit bias and make better strategic decisions. Now, as we've shown through the uncertainty experts, the good news is it's easily learned. Practice simply stopping to assess your own thoughts. Identify the various thought paths you go down and acknowledge those that don't serve you well. Repeat this process over and over again, each time discarding the thoughts that prevent positive behaviours. Each time you modify your thoughts, you will open your thinking to the most effective strategies and the best choices. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.